you don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. So. 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 So how you been? How's it going? Pretty good. Right on. I'm doing good. I'm all right. Not great. No? Been better. What's wrong? Oh, I don't know. Life in general. Yeah. Yeah. You're just feeling kind of... Bummed out. On the sad side. A little bit. Very... I'm... Well... You know, we talked about last week the dating stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not good at it. You're perfectly fine at it. Not really. The only thing that you're not good at is trusting that you're good at it. Yeah. So, I actually had two dates this week. Okay. Or th- three dates. Two dates with one person, one with another. Okay. Look at me, Mr. Popular. That sounds awesome. Sounds like the old Blake. I guess. No, the old Blake would have had a date every day. And maybe two on Tuesday. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. I was very popular back then. I was I was thin and I was handsome. I was funny. You're still funny. I can't wait to hear you spin the other ones. Though. <laughs> you're still... You know, you're still attractive if that's what you're trying to wow, paint thanks. this picture that you're not attractive because you are. All right. I feel so sexy. Um, anyway, so yeah, I had, I don't remember what we talked about last time. Did we talk about the dancing thing? We did. We did. We and talked about the we dancing We both thing. agreed that dancing is awkward regardless, but. Um, so yeah, she kind of, she started ghosting me. Be- really? The, the Yeah. I, I mean, after the date, I guess the dancing was that important to her. Well, so I'm ghosting her now. <laughs> I deleted her from my phone. Did you really? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I just blocked her number. So if she says anything, I won't see it. Okay. Until it's too late and then it won't matter. Well, because you're hurt. It's no, I'm just annoyed. That's a still, that's fine. Just because it's like, uh, it's, it's such a waste of time. And um, If that's the reason she stopped talking to you, then you're doing yourself a favor by just pro- moving on. Probably. That's but it's so much work to just meet someone. Even if you meet someone that sucks, it's kind of like, we got to try and stick this out. Well, it is a lot of work. You're right. I mean, yeah. It's a lot of work to try and, first of all, you're spending so much effort just trying to find your own vibe in life. Then you've got to try and, you know, match that vibe with someone else's vibe. Like, that's twice the work. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. A lot of vibing. Yeah, it's true. Um, And then the other date I went on, I actually liked her. I like, I mean, like, because we've been talking more and I I know it sounds weird to, like, compare people. No. That's what you're supposed to do. I like this person more. Yeah. There's um, entire, you know, national programs designed to, you know, help people date more than one person at a time. I guess so. Oh, you're talking about The Bachelor? Yeah. Yeah. That, so you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You I vibed could. more with this other girl. Right. But I don't woman. know. I don't know. Sorry. And then, so this is the one when we were talking yesterday uh-huh. about, I was like, okay, I'm going to out myself. So I, I outed the autism. Okay. And now I'm not really talking to her. Really? Yeah, she kind of, she didn't like completely disappear, but like we normally kind of go back and forth and the back and forth has kind of stopped. But she also opened up to you. I know. 
So, so I don't know. Maybe she was just like, I've opened up as well, but. So maybe she's just responding to the fact that she's feeling open and she's got to get comfortable with that new level. I mean, she also was very truthful about, we hope, truthful about herself. Yeah. And, and, and also I thought her response was really perfect to you saying that's not something you should have to worry about. Yeah. Just to, for clarification, because we're talking about something that the audience doesn't know what we're talking about. Oh, fill them in. Yeah. So anyway, I went on a, a date and had fun. And then I felt like, um, cause we had talked about like being Facebook friends or whatever. And it's like, well, if she's going to see me on Facebook, she's going to see all my, you don't send autistic posts and she's going to be like, what's this? And I'm going to have to say like, Oh, I'm autistic. So I figured I was like, I'll just pull off the bandaid now. Smart. So I did. And then, you know, sh- I don't want to out her personal stuff. No, but no. Basically, but you know, she's like, Oh, I have some things that I'm also dealing with, you know? So, but that's something, something that you should be, uh, worried about. Um, and I was like, yeah, because like if you add me on Facebook, you're going to see that me and my, uh, my ex, mm-hmm. so I have to call you, I guess. Yes, you do. Um, are doing a podcast together. So it's kind of weird. We're friends. Sure. We're very good decade long friends, friends without benefits. That is true. There's not a single benefit to being friends with you. Except I still do all <laughs> your admin work and your okay, maybe <laughs> some benefits. Taxes and I do. You don't do the taxes. I do do the taxes. The tax man does the taxes. Yeah, but I prepare everything for him. <sighs> Whatever. I got all the paperwork together. You handed me a stack of mail. <laughs> That's right. It's all right. But there's there are benefits, just not interpersonal ones. More administrative benefits. That's right. Right. It's like I have an executive assistant. That is correct. Who has the legal power to advocate for you. Sure weird so anyway so i mean there's a lot of vulnerability in that conversation that you had i think you were both it sounds like from the outside looking in you're both being honest and at the same time you know opening up so that's both that's a lot for you both to process and i wouldn't you know take it personally if it takes her just a little bit to figure out how she feels and give yourself that same time yeah, I guess I, I. it's one of the things that we talked about yesterday is that you were like, oh, you really are embarrassed about your autism or whatever. Something like that. What'd you say? You think it makes you less than. I don't know if I'd say it makes me less than, but it's also, it's not something I'm going to be like screaming at a party well, to be I don't, like, ladies, I don't, look at me. I'm autistic let and me I have ADHD like, and I have depression and I have anxiety. Yeah, I get it. What's not to love? (laughs) Right. Well, and see, but now you know all those things to say. Like when we were dating, we didn't know all those things to say. That's right. So I didn't have to lie because I didn't know. You didn't know. You just, you would just, you know, kind of freak out on me and I'd just be like, okay, I don't know what this is, but. I would hardly freak out ladies. No, back then. Don't tell them I'm freaking out. Well, maybe that's not the right word, but we would just go through those experiences without having any clarity of knowing what it was about. I'll say it like that. So, but that's not what I mean. What I mean is that you're worried someone else is going to judge you because of the fact that you're autistic. And, and that's kind of similar to what we were talking about last week, you know, like worried about other people's responses. And, and I get that because for a long time you probably lived most, one of the challenges of being an adult diagnosed with autism versus a child being diagnosed is that you lived your whole life thinking that you 
were this way and then you found out that life is that way and you're probably still feeling insecure about what that means you know when you interact with other people and yet that's a fair statement because there's still a lot of education that needs to be done around us you know so people understand especially high functioning autism they just there but there are so many families right now so so many families who have high-functioning autistic children, and they are really helping to redefine what society thinks and understands about high-functioning autism in a lot of ways because, um, you know, they're advocating for their children and teaching the public, and yet parents like yourself, who not only are high-functioning, but also have a high-functioning child, you're really, like, carving the path and leading the way and helping people understand the realities of the brilliance that comes with being autistic and how it's not, it, it's not stereotypical. Like people think, I mean, it's, there's, it's not a, a setback in many ways. It's a gift in many ways. It, it it's a beautiful thing and um, gives you advantages. Other people don't have the, but the disadvantage is when you feel like it's a disadvantage because you have the potential to tank your energy and your self-confidence oftentimes in a bigger way than a, a neurotypical person because at least a neurotypical person has sort of this built-in confidence that they're capable. And I think you, one of the challenges of finding out that you're autistic as an adult is that you do go through that period where you just question your capability is about everything because life is now suddenly different than you thought it would be. And those kinds of feelings linger, but un, they, they linger because that's a traumatic experience, but, but it doesn't actually mean you're less capable at all. You're not less feeling, you're not, you're not less anything. In, in some cases, you're actually more. I mean, I think your emotions um, sometimes can be much deeper and bigger and more profound and, and more inspiring. Those things are all true. I'm so deep. You can be. I am. You can be. Like the deep end of the pool. <laughs> but I mean... Put your floaties on. It's just one of those... It's more about your self-confidence, living in your life, you know, than it is about anything else. And and self-confidence comes from trusting that you can recognize your own feelings. And, and like, I'm sitting here thinking about that time you went to the comedy club. I think you mentioned it on one of the podcast episodes where... You wanted to go and you drove down there and you got out of the car and you walked up and you were kind of like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. And you kind of walked back to the car and you were like, no, 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 no. I want to do this. And you walked back in and you and you ended up attending the event. But in that process of kind of questioning yourself, the thing that I gleaned the most from that story is that you did allow yourself to feel scared, which not everyone will. But some people will lie about feeling scared and you know the, get defensive and you didn't you were like yep I'm scared I'm, I'm not sure I want to do this and then you allowed yourself to walk back to the car and then go yeah but I also really want to do this so I'm scared and I want to do this so which one am I going to go with and you picked the event you you walked back in and you chose to participate in the event in in the event and you know those are not moments that you take lightly like those are not decisions that um you take for granted like you really chose to be there right no i mean i know what you're talking about i think 
don't remember. I can't remember if it was something where I was going to perform or if I was just going to go in and meet people. I think you were going to go in and meet. It was the social interaction part, which, oh, yeah. which you've already said, like you don't, you know, really crave. You don't social interaction part can be difficult. Well, meeting new people because it just leads to disappointment. Okay. Very often. More often than not, it leads to disappointment. Okay. It's like the online dating thing. Like you are constantly swiping and then you talk to people and then like you, it just seems like it's like, oh, it's so much time spent to try and like nurture a connection just to find like, yeah, just to get to a point where it feels like, hey, we should meet. Right. I'm and sure then you meet the true. person and then sometimes that doesn't work and right. I don't know. It's exhausting. Well, and in the old days, we used to pick up the phone and call, you know, and you used to have a lot of phone calls. But I remember even when you and I were dating, you were just kind of like, although we would talk for hours, you would still, you would, I remember you saying to me, it's weird that I'm talking on the phone because I don't like talking on the phone. I'd much rather be in person. And so we were in person for most of our dating life and not on the phone. And, and you mentioned last episode that you wanted to talk about phone calls, but I don't think we ever circled back to it. I don't remember that. What did I say? Just how phone calls are, you know. Oh, I'm, uh, I was probably talking more about like work phone calls. Where I have to, or, you know, administrative, as you would say. Mm. Phone calls where I have to, you know, someone will call or I f- if I have to call someone like from an email or whatever. Right. And uh, or if someone calls me and I have to call them back, I just always dread those calls. Or if I have to call someone to let them know their order's ready, I'm just like, go to Go to voicemail. Go to voicemail. Go yeah. to voicemail. Because it's so unpredictable that exchange. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't. You don't know what their reaction is going to be. If it's going to be happy or somehow you've struck a chord with something you didn't know about. I mean, it's unpredictable. And some people don't respond as politely and appreciatively as you would think. You know, especially on the other end of business calls when customer service is kind of like the customer's always right, and it's your job to bend over and give it to them. And yet it's not, it's also your job as the manager to defend the business. So it always puts you in kind of a conflict position. Yeah. I actually wonder if that carries over into your social interactions outside of work because you've inadvertently created this kind of thick skin that is ready to react to conflict in relationships because you've had to deal with so much of it at work. I wonder if that kind of just inadvertently seeps into what your expectations are in social interactions, you know, for friends or in the dating world. It's hard to wear more than one type of armor, at, you know, and then take them off and switch on to another one. Like usually you build a, a set of armor and that's what you wear for everyone. Right. Sorry, I'm not very talkative today. No. Since I was so easy to date, you know, you didn't have to have a... Yeah, you were a hoot. I was. A hoot and a half. Thank you. You didn't really need a coat of armor for me. Well, you got really creepy when you invited me to live with you after a month. Two. It was was double the amount of time. It was two months. It was a month. It was like 30 days. It was 60. Four weeks. It was 60 days. Well, I had a a crap roommate. She was trying to not let you come over. That's right. So I either had to choose like my own place or way to drive all the way out to Corona. 45-minute drive. That didn't make any sense. You you worked half a mile down the street from me. Like I said, everyone, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't meant to be that way, but... No, I know. It worked out. Well, I guess it didn't, but... <laughs> well, it did. <laughs> it, for a minute. it did for a long time. Yeah. We lived in that spot for four years. We did. So, I mean, 
That's and that's what kind of what you're leading up to is that when you find something that vibes like you don't really want it to change because it, it's so much effort to make it work. Yeah, it's a lot of. I mean, it's a lot of effort, and then it's a lot of. Like I said, it it just you're you're, you're reliant on other people to like you for you, you know. Yeah. Do you trust that that's possible? Yeah, I mean, obviously, some people must. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my my mom was trying to give me dating advice the other day. <laughs> You've got to tell me more about this. That's not really that dramatic. It was just like, she's like, I hope, I hope she's kind. I hope she's pretty, and I hope she's a big boobed slut. Is what she said. <laughs> okay. So. She was kind and she was pretty. I don't know about the boob thing. I'm not going to go there. Okay. But uh, not as slutty as I was hoping. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Wait, you talking about me or someone else? No, the the girl I went on the date with you. I gotcha, day. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, she was cool. It was fun. We had a good time. I thought. I mean, yeah, you seemed really happy about it. So we'll just give it time. You know, like my mom does that thing to me all the time where... Um, it's like if I don't immediately react or respond and sometimes I just can't, sometimes there's multiple things happening at once and it can take me hours or days to come back and respond. And she thinks that, oh, something's wrong and you're, you're doing it intentionally. You're not responding intentionally. And, and that always pisses me off because then I'm like, oh my God, can I just like, can't my life just fall apart for a minute in ways that, that just involve me and let me put it all back together without you freaking out like there's something wrong. So, you know, but it does require trust and, yeah. and I know thinking back to what you said at the beginning is that like 90% of your efforts just end up falling apart and unraveling. So you're probably feeling like trust is a pretty, is a tall order. Like, why would I trust for something to be okay when most of the time it isn't? It's just hard. I mean, you want to try and give a fair shake to each quote unquote relationship. Yeah. Cause you never know. Right. You don't, you know, cause like when I met you, you, no offense. <laughs> We're one of many options. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of many options. I'm very aware of that. But now I'm one of many options. Damn it. I mean, I was one of many options too, but still. Back yeah, then. but I mean, I remember, and I, I didn't take offense. Like, I remember when Rustin was like, oh, yeah, wait, wait. You went on the same date. You went on a date with the same chick two days in a row? She was like, that was a big deal. And when you and I, when you were still seeing me, consistently for two weeks she basically had you married in her mind she was like oh that's it he's done because you had seen like you said a different you were on a different date every day of the week yeah so i was a busy boy you were but but all of those fell away the minute we met because i i don't don't, you know autism depression i don't care about any of those things i just i saw you and i instantly liked you for you and that developed and you know you're still my best friend and it's been um you know, a long time and I wouldn't think of it being any other way. So that is also possible for you to feel about someone else and someone else to feel about you. And just as quickly as all those other dates went away, like, you know, and that effort didn't matter anymore once you found that person, like that's all possible again. It seems to, it's so hard, Rochelle. Well, I'm just worried that you're projecting like some insecurities or, Word that they're going to feel like you're less than because you're not. You're absolutely It's not. their loss is what you're saying? 
I am saying that. That's right. That's right. And I and I, I encourage you to feel confident about who you are as a person because, um, but that has to come from the inside, you know, like you've got to feel that confidence. If you don't feel that confidence, they can't feel that confidence for you. Well, no, but it, I mean, the difference though now is that back then there wasn't like this huge elephant in the room that I had to like divulge. But, but that's what I'm saying. So much of the, it, it, we're, the numbers keep changing, right? So at this point, it's one in every 44 children is diagnosed with autism, and we know the hereditary, the hereditary, we know the genetics of that. There you go. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Um, but the inheritability of that, and so that means that one in every 44 ch- children also has a parent or a family line that's neurodiverse. And so the number of adults has got to be equal to the number of children. So you're very, very much not alone in the world of neurodiversity. In fact, if anything, if we actually had accurate numbers, I think we would understand that neurotypical is the minority. No, I don't think that's true. I think, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm ahead of my time on this one, but it's... um, but remember, neurodiversity is a wide range, right? You don't have to have autism to be neurodiverse. Anxiety by itself, depression by itself, ADHD by itself, Tourette's by itself, dyslexia by itself. All of these things count as neurodiversity. Now, of course, we know most of them coexist with other things, but that world is bigger than you think when you realize how big that net is. Mo- more people are accepting and learning this part of themselves than are not. Yeah, but not everyone understands because they hear the word. That's the whole point of this podcast, right? Correct. Is illuminating neurodiversity. Illuminating neurodiversity because you, people hear the word autism and they are automatically like, oh, like this person's special or something. But that's what I'm saying about the parent population because the parent population has also exploded overnight because every, for every child there's a parent taking care of them and the parents are advocates and many of the parents themselves are discovering their own neurodiversity. And right there, you've taken one small circle and it's just infinitely expanded. And the perceptions of what it means to be autistic is changing by the day. The definitions are getting more accurate and the perceptions are changing and reality is shifting. I mean, this is just, it's, it is changing by the day. So don't, assume that it's a small group and that you're still like you used the word earlier outing yourself I mean I understand the I understand why you'd use those words but it doesn't make you less than you know you are still you and you are still an incredible person you always have been you always will be it's still something I gotta tell someone like I can't just be like sure you can have me on Facebook and then all of a sudden they're like you're autistic yeah but but you could be like yeah so what I guess so. You could be You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm autistic. So what? I deal with life differently. It's like, I really like the meme that said autism. Oh, what? I'm going to mess it up. Autism isn't. I can't remember the beginning part of it, but the payoff is it's just a different operating system. Like it's not less of a computer. It's just a different operating system. You're not less brilliant. You're not less capable. You're not less, you know, capable of being confident. You just operate differently. You just process things differently. And that's part of your brilliance is that you do see it differently. Like I appreciate being able to take challenges in my life and presenting them to you after I've worked through a a part of them and been like, okay, what do you think about this? This is something I'm working on for myself or I'm struggling with this or I'm encountering this and your take on it 
is never what my take on it is. And I appreciate the fact that you can show me this whole other side of, of a way of thinking about a situation that really actually helps me come to a more balanced and grounded solution for myself. And, and I'll take it to my sister and she'll have a, a different viewpoint altogether. But there's no one person in my life that represents the viewpoints that you find. And so I appreciate the way that you process things differently. But that that's one, you know, one of the reasons I love our friendship is that um, you have such a beautiful way of looking at things that I don't, I don't see. I am brilliant, aren't I? Yeah, I, I could do without fit bees, but other than that. Oh, speaking of fit no. bees. <laughs> man, who brought that up this time? <laughs> I believe that was you. I'm excluding fit bees from the part of uh Everyone could dynamic. use more fit bees in their life. I don't, I don't agree. Okay. Um, all right. So what else are we talking about then? I was really impressed with how Declan did it swimming yesterday. Um, yeah. Because he only had a 30-minute class. First time in a month, he's only had a 30-minute class. So we weren't sure how fast he was going to kind of adapt. Right. The adaptability for the hour-long classes has been questionable. Yeah. And then I, I pulled a, um, a really daring move and I outfitted him, which in all new swim gear yesterday. So on top of that, like it was a lot of, a lot of things to shift all at once. Now he handled the new swimsuit. No problem. Clothes. He doesn't typically like trip over. I think the goggles were an improvement. So I don't think that was, you know, something he had to really adjust to because actually it was a better fit. We never got the earplugs in, but overall, I mean, watching him kind of work through that swim lesson, I, I had the thought that, you know, we've talked a lot about the importance of building a frame of reference. But where we're at now with him is the opportunity to practice it more. So I know that's the point of paying for swim lessons is that we don't have access to a heated pool, you know, at this time of year. And 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 he does. Well, also, neither one of us know how to teach someone else to swim. No, but if we had the pool, like if the pool was warm enough to get in, we would we could get in. On Sundays, for example, and we could help him work on the t- skills and techniques that he needs more practice on. Right. So he could keep excelling through the classes. And so it just brought to my mind how important it is to kind of intentionally repeat processes as often as possible so that you can, you know, start to build the habit and, and really f- build that confidence with it. So in thinking about that, it just sounds really parallel to your dating experience because you're you're doing basically the same thing. You're you're, you know, getting in the water and getting comfortable and learning new not learning new skills, but relearning new skills with this version of yourself, and you just need more practice. I think Declan would have an easier time dating than I'm having. <laughs> Why? Cause he's a charming little fellow. I think he doesn't have any insecurities about himself. And Not that, yet. That's the only reason. We'll work on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. I was kidding. I know. I know. So what else you've been working on this week? Um, I made some new music for this episode. Okay. Um, just been busy with work. And uh, I mean, really the biggest thing has been just like focusing on going out and like trying to meet people yeah so because i'm all alone it'd be so much easier if they just put like in and out in every state and then created like you know a dating thing over it so 
You had dating events at In-N-Out. Because then at least you know you'd have... That sounds so dirty. Dirty in what way? In-N-Out. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. In-N-Out dating? I was thinking about like a great place I'm craving In-N-Out food, so... Yeah, and I'm craving in and out dating. But then at least you know. <laughs> but at least you know you'd have like great food in common. That's right. And great food is usually one of the the, the easiest things to bond over. Hey, baby, you want to do it animal style <laughs> or doggy style? Protein style. Do protein style. <laughs> Sounds like someone wants a fit B. No, 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 no. No. All right. No, that's funny. I don't know. You know what I'm I'm just trying to, because in the past, the places to meet were at the bar or at church, and that just doesn't work in 2022, so. I never met anyone at church. No, I mean, I. I'll tell you what. I saw one naked person connected to church, mm-hmm. and it was the preacher. Ew. Not at church, but at the gym. Did I tell you that? I mean, I think I feel oh. like I, feel like I oh, I think you before. did. Yeah, I think you Some of the reasons that I don't, awkward. I'm not really like religious. It's a, it's a weird reason, but yeah, because he would be like, you're all going to go to hell, and uh, Jesus loves you. And give yourself to Jesus or you're going to hell. It was like every, I was going to say every episode, every, every Sunday. And then like, and then I would go to the gym and he'd be standing there with his like leg up with his towel and. Mm, I don't need the visual. I hear you. Loose flown in the wind. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, ah." it's so uncomfortable. I was like this, it's, there's something, something's not quite right here. So I, um, more, there's more than just that reason, but yeah, that's one of the reasons I stopped going to the old church. I hear you. Um, but but those used to be places where you're just the fundamental part of it is you're looking for a place that kind of does some of the work for you to create a common ground with another person. Yeah, I've never really been good at going out like I don't going out to bars. I mean, it's funny because like like when I went to Jamaica with my brother, mm-hmm. if it weren't for this woman being like what's the word I'm looking for, very forward. Okay. Then I never would have um, had that experience of you know not dating but like you know hooking Fling. up or whatever yeah I guess um, because like she was flirting with me my my brother was like dude what are you doing that chick is hot she's like totally into you and I was like no no it's it's fine oh, and then I... eventually he was like you better get over there and uh, so I, I I got over there good for you yeah good for me but. Um, I would have, I, 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 otherwise I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I still don't. Who does? I don't know. Some must, some people must. Some people must. I don't know. So. I'm still trying to figure out who I am. So I don't, I'm not even, I'm, I'm, what's the word? I admire where you're at because I know I'm not ready. Like I'm just not, I'm not even there yet. Yeah. All right. So that's cool. You're like an asexual being, though, <laughs> in comparison to me. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Yeah. I need to be nurtured. Yeah, that's true. I need to be held. Yep. I need to be touched. Yep. And I need to give lots of fit bees. No. <laughs> Our listeners are going to be like, when the hell is it going to be? A fit bees for everyone. 100. Yeah, right. Uh, I told you, episode 100, I'll tell you what a fit bee yeah, is. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we'll get there. People are going to be like, what? Maybe I should t- title the episode, What the Hell is a Fit Beat? Yeah, but then you're not going to answer it, so that's just not fair. I know it's not fair. I w- did I tell you I went to the ENT this the week? Ent? You did. You the did. ENT? The ENT? Yeah. yeah. And you I know what an ENT is, right? It's a talking tree from Lord of the Rings. I did not know that. I would have to rewatch that entire series 
on um, with caption. I didn't even know that was a word that was mentioned in the movie. Yeah, the ants, the trees. Yeah, see, I don't know. Treebeard? I, I can't hear. You remember Treebeard? I don't even know. I don't. I can't always understand most. Of, I don't understand most of what I'm hearing. How the hell do you get through those? It's like six, uh, maybe even more. Maybe it's like eight hours of movie between the three of them. I spend all the time asking you what was said. I didn't even know you when those movies came out. Well, I'm not speaking about those in general. I mean, it applies to almost every movie. I no. watch watch the captions. All right. Otherwise, anyway. I don't know that I'm understanding it correctly. Tell us about the ENT. We're all dying to hear the story. Oh, well, never mind. I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> nope. Done. No, I want to know. No, you don't. I definitely want to know. No, you don't. All right. Well, no. you got to say something. We got a whole bunch of episode left to go. Nope. I don't. What, did you hear about uh, Will Smith? Oh, my God. Don't get into Pop Minute, damn it. Oh, sorry. Should, are we getting into Pop Minute now? Do you want to? I guess we have to now that you mentioned Will Smith. Oh, well, I just, I saw a headline come across that, he, that I mean, it's just the weirdest situation, this whole thing un- so unfolding. I, you totally screwed me up, dude. Oh. Because I had Pop Minute all prepared. Pop Minute's supposed to be at the end of the episode. Oh. Not like smack dab in the middle. Well, then pause it and edit this, cut this out. No, I don't, nope. Too late now. People are going to be listening to this. This is it. Uh-huh. I don't have a news minute this week, folks. That's okay. Uh, the news this week is that, yes, uh, Russia is still invading Ukraine. Mm. Um, it's terrible news. So just and gas prices are terrible. Mm-hmm. So there's the news. News minute. There you go. Now it's time for pop minute. Um, Bruce Willis is retiring from acting. Oh, yeah. I read about this. He's retiring because he has a condition known as aphasia. The condition hinders a person's ability to communicate, making it difficult to comprehend others, write, or speak according to an article on CNN that I read. I read that one, too. So, no more Bruce Willis movies. Wow. Nope, no more diehards. Hmm. Which is probably a good thing. For the diehards, yes, but but not for Bruce Willis. That's just sad. No, it's sad. I don't know enough about aphasia, but apparently his family came out and I guess there's been an outpouring of support. I would hope him. so. It's weird though because he's kind of a I don't want to like hate on him, but he's like he's kind of a jerk in like a lot of interviews I've seen him in. That's what I've heard with the cast, yeah. So I wonder if I mean he could have been suffering from something like this before Maybe. it got diagnosed and he just didn't understand what was going on. It's possible. I mean that's what a lot of us have experienced, you know? Like we all suffer with let's like we said last episode, we si- we suffer silently for a long time until we finally get someone to tell us what's going on. It's true. Um, so the slap heard around the world is <laughs> what they're calling it. Okay. Unless you're living under a rock. Yep. As they say, <laughs> you've heard about this year's Academy Award show and how after a crack about his wife's hair, Will Smith went on stage and slapped Chris Rock in the face. It looks staged, but according to news outlets, it was genuine and it was an unscripted moment. Smith went on to win the Oscar for best actor for his work in the film King Richard. He apologized to the Academy in his speech, but not to Chris Rock. He would later go on Instagram and issue a, an apology that included Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. So I would say this is one of, if not the most insane moment from any Oscars, at least in recent memory. I would agree. Uh, some of the overshadowed moments from the big night. Coda was the big winner for Best Picture on Oscar Sunday. Film also took home the award for Best Adapted Screenplay as well as Best Supporting Actor for Troy Kotzer. I hope I'm saying his name right. Who is a deaf actor 
and only the second deaf actor in Oscar history to win an Academy Award. That's awesome. The other being Marley Matlin for Best Actress in Children of a Lesser God in 1987. She should have won for West Wing, too. She played an outstanding West, character. West Wing is not an Academy Award I'm nominated just, thing. I understand. It's TV. I understand. She I'm just won, saying. Maybe she won an Emmy. Well, then I'll have to look that up because she's outstanding. So let's not forget Ariana De, All these people's names. I can't remember. Ariana DeBose. Sounds I, right. Okay. Became the first openly queer woman to win an acting Oscar for her role in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story remake. She won Best Supporting Actress for her role as Anita. 60 years ago, Rita Moreno won the same award for the same character and was the first woman of Hispanic descent to win an Oscar. Wow. Moreno also played a role in the film as Doc's widow, Valentina. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about Will Smith. No, you did it. That's it? Yeah, you did. Go- well, and then he went and resigned from the Academy, you said. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he uh, allegedly he's uh, resigned from the Academy, which doesn't necessarily mean... Means he can't vote. Oh, that's all it means. Yeah, it means he's no longer a voting member of the academy. He can still be nominated, and he can. He still can still win. be nominated. He could still win. He can still attend the Oscars, but there's an ongoing investigation, apparently, by the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, or whatever the hell. What it's is called. there to investigate? That's the thing that's so funny. I think I was. It was like Howard Stern was like investigating. He's like, you just watch the video and go, okay, I just and in, I just investigated. Right. Like mission know, mission solved. Yeah. Um. Or mission accomplished. The yeah. So I guess there. It's less about investigating and more about finding an appropriate resolution to the situation. Like oh, what are, what are they gonna? Sense. You know what punishment? As in consequences. Yeah. What kind of? Yeah. What what consequence will there be? As I understand it, Will hasn't. Um, like actually apologized to Chris himself and that Chris is not, well, he did it in that Instagram post. He said, and, yeah, and to Chris you, Chris, is, but, but Chris is like, yeah, I haven't talked to anyone. So he's not yeah. necessarily accepting that. Yeah. It's kind of weak. I mean, he, the dude got up and smacked him in. That was so unreal. Yeah. It to just, the point where, I mean, I still am kind of like, was it real? Cause it was so out there that it makes it seem like no one would really do that. Would they? Well, Will's emotions were all over the place. Right. Because I understood that he said, Oh, love makes you do crazy things. And, then he cried in his acceptance speech for when he won the Oscar, and so it just seems like he's just up and down and up and down that night, just which happens. He I looks mean. like an abused husband. Does he? Yeah. Um, well, because they're in a, they have an open marriage apparently. I didn't think it was by his choice. That's what I'm saying. So it's like she. I think she has like a boyfriend on the side. Or she had an. I think she had an affair. Is what I. Oh well, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, and. It's but it, but it is like you could just see he he's clearly a ticking time bomb. Yeah, he's upset. I mean, emotional regulation. Look, that that's one of those things, right? Emotional regulation. Is and that a, is this a mental health issue? We're in a mental health podcast. I would, I that's why I brought it up. I would think that it is because emotional dysregulation is not um, isolated to neurodiversity. I mean, the emotions on the planet are so high in so many areas and we're in a pretty defensive and kind of ego driven time of the year. And you know how we behave and how we act with ourselves is kind of our inner focus right now. And so I'm sure Will's questioning how he behaves. I mean, he behaved horribly in that event, but I mean, his emotions were clearly just dysregulated and, and kind of hitting all spectrums of, um, of the gamut in terms of how he presented himself that night. And so, you know, there are times where emotional, emotional 
things hit you and it's really inconvenient timing, you know? So you would think you just, not everyone has the ability to compartmentalize their feelings just because they're out in someplace public, right? So it's like he, he's like, all right, and I'm just going to project here and fill in some pieces. But it's like, he, yes, he's probably like, okay, I'm at the Oscars. I have a certain look. I need to kind of be this way. And he's trying to, to do all of that while all these other feelings are boiling up under the surface and, you know, emotional outbursts happen when we can no longer keep them in. I mean, that's why meltdowns are so common for our kids. You know, they don't have that ability to compartmentalize. I mean, we've seen we've seen adults do it. I mean, there's just there's so many examples where our emotions get the better of us and we don't always know how to process them and we're not always in the convenience of our own home when it happens. Yeah. So I do think it's a, I mean, I struggle to call it mental health because I don't think you can have mental health without emotional health because every thought in the body triggers a hormonal response, which becomes a feeling. So that's an emotion. So every thought also has a mirroring feeling, which means that it should be, in my opinion, mental and emotional health. So this should be a mental and emotional awareness podcast because they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, that's fine. Fair. Not, is that your experience? I don't know. Or are you medicated enough to? I'm too medicated right now. Oh well, it used to be. I mean, that's a lot of what you and I used to experience was how quickly I could say something and you would hear it and you would think about it and then you would be like, "I'm angry about that," and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay," you know. So I think the point remains: like we need to be as aware. You make me sound crazy. I'm angry about that. I, is that is that what I do? <laughs> you were. I'm sad about that. Well, it w- I'm happy. No, it was <laughs> it was only really anger. Like, if, oh, good. Um, or you could get super excited. But we we I mean the pandemic had just started, right? We we had a almost what do we have an eighteen month child? Like our capacity for managing daily life was was not at peak. We were being asked to move. We didn't want you know there was all these things. It was like crumbling our outside world and we didn't have control over most of it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's okay to, to have an emotional response about it all. That's how we dealt with 2020. Everyone dealt with 2020 in different ways. That's part of what it was for us. Yeah. And we received your diagnosis in the middle of it. I blame COVID. COVID causes autism. (laughs) No. Okay, fine. It doesn't. No, but it could help. I mean, it, it probably exposed autism to a lot of families. Maybe. It probably, you know, being... I think it was a coincidence that COVID happened at the same time. For us, I do think it was. But I did hear a lot of families that discovered their neurodiversity while they were home with COVID because they weren't distracted with, you know, the all the um, energy of leaving the house and going to work and picking up and soccer practice and all that because you were home. Everyone was home. School was at home. The, the work was at home. Everyone was driving each other nuts. You're like, you know what? I think you're autistic. <laughs> well, or ang- or anxious or depressed. I mean, I was reading a report the other day about how the most impacted group of people on the planet from COVID um, are our uh, high schoolers, our teenagers. And then because obviously because that's a difficult time in life regardless, but then to go through the way that you know school happened and they didn't have that socialization and it was really depressing and and, and anxiety driven for a lot of our teens but I did hear something really unexpected this week um, from a client of mine who said that um, she has a a relative that's in higher education or 
that's not the right word. She's in elementary education. And what now that the kids are back in classrooms, what they're finding is that because all the teachers have been wearing masks for two years, that all the kids, that most of the kids alike, regardless of their um, neurotypical or neurodiversity, they haven't seen facial expressions because they haven't been seeing people's face. So they don't have that learning about how to express their own emotions because they don't recognize what they're seeing and hearing and they're not connecting what they're hearing because they're not seeing anything besides a mask. So now they've got all these kids that are struggling to even identify their own emotions, much less um, communicate their emotions and, and the widespread advice to parents right now is to when you read to your children, sit across from them and emote through the book, but do it so they can watch your face so that they get an idea of connecting the emotion to the facial expression because across the board, these kids missed that skill with two years of being under masks. I missed, I, I feel like I've lost my social skills too because I noticed like when I had the mask on, I'm like, oh, no one can see my mouth is slightly ajar or that I'm making a weird face and I was like very self-conscious about it and then I'm like it doesn't matter no one can see me and now I'm like oh crap oh I make a lot of faces when during I yeah I liked being under the mask because I could I could I could make my little smirky faces which I knew I did because I, I have a hard time hiding what I think on my face and being under the mask was a great way to be like oh I can actually like I don't have to compartmentalize that stuff I can just express it to myself and nobody knows but um yeah, now I'm, because of my asthma now, I can't wear masks <laughs> um, unless I really, like, short term. Right. And I do feel a little self-conscious about it. Plus, now I have to check for food in my teeth, which I enjoyed two years of not worrying about because no one could see it. You have a little something, by the way. Oh, shoot. See what I mean? Yep. Mm. Just seaweed earlier or something? No. Just kidding. Um... It was, it was a joker show. Oh, I was checking. <laughs> I'm, t I'm, I'm self-conscious about it, yeah. Yeah, I would be. You should be. Thanks. You really do have a little something in your Well, I just put my I'm just kidding. <laughs> I trust you. I'm so dry. I can't help uh, myself. I fall for it, but... I know, you did. Twice. I did. In the same, like, 30 seconds. Mm. I know. See? I'm, and you doubt your skills. I'm so funny. Um, well, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to talk about this week. Feel like, is I this know a you, short episode? I don't know. You you do seem like you're kind of down. Is it because of the the dating? Like you kind of seem like you got a little Eeyore cloud today. Oh, I don't know. Maybe is it? Declan woke you up. I I didn't I didn't mean to. I should have not let him do that. I didn't realize you were still sleeping. So maybe I just you're just a little tired still. Maybe. Didn't sleep well last night. Yeah. I, I I tried to stall him, but Declan was all about his dad, and he just needed dad, 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 dad. So. Whatever Declan wants, Declan gets. Well, not ever, not at first, but I also wanted to share the morning with you. Or over here he does. If he wants to walk around with a hammer or use a chainsaw or, you know, put his hand in a blender, like it's totally fine at mom's house. But None dad, of those things are Dad's okay. a helicopter parent because he doesn't let him play with, you know, juggle chainsaws. and. I don't even own a chainsaw. Good, because if you did, then you'd be letting him play with it. I do Honey, not. play with that outside. Oh, my gosh. That is so not me as a parent. Thank you. You're going to hurt yourself. Really? You wouldn't take it away. You would let him play with it. I me. absolutely would not. And I took the hammer away. And okay. he cried and he cried and he cried. And then I called and woke you up to get his other hammer. You're very brave, Rochelle. 
I don't want him walking around with a hammer. You're such a tough parent. I can be, absolutely. <laughs> I can be. I know. Um, well, do you have anything else to talk about? Well, um, no, my mind is oddly blank. Okay. Well, let's call it a day. We'll have a short episode this week. Okay. Better than no episode, I say. I agree. Don't you think so? I think so. I have no idea what to call this one, but I do know that I have two songs to choose from, and you will be listening to one of them starting soon. Um, I'm Blake. And I'm Michelle. And we will be back. Thank you.